Lord. Thank you for your son who, through what he did and being on the cross, that healing could really come to everyone, Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so what we're going to talk about today, it's, it, I know it's labeled recovery, recovery uh, ministries, uh, but as Wes was saying, it's probably better that it was called healing ministries because it's really about healing. Even if you're talking about recovery, uh, when we think about recovery, we think about drugs and alcohol and recovery, like uh, celebrate recovery or things like that. But really, what we do at the crossings, and I, I'm Ben. <laughs> uh, are they recording? Uh, yes, they are. Let's make sure. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Ben Mullins, and I'm from the Crossings Church. Um, but when we're talking about healing, it really involves a lot more. Okay, because not everybody is involved, has had problems with drugs or alcohol, but there are so many other things that people need healing from, and that's what we do at the crossings. And we're, Shelly is from the crossings in Wentzville, and Jess and I are from the crossings in the Inner Belt. And we didn't start, we've started just with a couple of the ministries, but in Wentzville we have how many total? There's, there are a lot of them. So you, and the truth is what happened is we realized that as we went, there were other things that people needed help with, other things that were specific to what people had been through, that when you get them together in a big group, it doesn't make sense. But then what we did was make these smaller classes, and people that had been through these other classes were interested or realized that there was a need, and that's how we got into this. And the truth is that it's these classes are important but it's not the most important thing this is a way of dealing with things that are deep that people have gone through but what we do in our groups is directed so that people talk about these things also in their what we call our cell groups which are our small groups so it's the the idea of having a class together with for example that deals with sexual abuse or that deals with uh, addiction to pornography and and things like that is not for you to just stay in that group and <laughs> forever, but it's for you to learn in that in that instance to deal with those things so that you can talk about it openly with your group, with other friends, with people, so people can understand the hurts that you've been through. So I just wanted to preface it with that that it's not this is not the end all you know to all these things, right? The Bible is the thing that's gonna. <laughs> Right, the Bible and having a relationship with God is what's is what's going to heal people. But we realize that having these classes help to get people together that have been through the same things. So, uh, Jess is going to talk to you a little bit about some things. Um, so I'm Jess. I'm at, like Ben said, the Crossings Intervalt, and um, I actually went out as um, the Manasseh the Manasseh leader, um, which is like what all the classes, they are healing classes and our celebrate recovery classes, um, are all um, I guess umbrellaed under and. More so a little bit about myself. I um, The class that I'm teaching right now that I'm directly teaching is the Wounded Heart class, and that's for um, adults, particularly women, is the only class that we have right now. There is a men's class. It's um, same material, same book um, that we can talk about later. But um, because I am a sexual abuse victim, my um, brother molested me for a good portion of my childhood, and it is something that obviously is near and dear to my heart. Um, so I've been... I've been in that class probably what we four or five times over the years. Um, this is my first time actually facilitating it or doing it by myself. And I think it's definitely, if you're going to 
take on like this kind of ministry, obviously one of the biggest things is the vulnerability that you have to have with yourself and the openness that you're willing to talk about like the deepest parts of your heart and share them to the world and you never know what somebody's going to do with it. They could make up things about you, you know, whatever. But it's one of those things that it definitely has to be a passion because if it's not, you're going to, the burns and the hurts that come along with it and the fighting for the other people that are in the same boat with you aren't going to aren't gonna matter. You're not going to have the, the gumption to keep going. Um, so there's that. And then I've taken Healing as a Choice um, a few times, which is what Ben leads. And like he's saying, we have so many different different classes and those are actually the only two personally that I've actually um, ever taken. I probably could take Grief Share which is another class that we offer. My dad passed away when I was nine. Um, a massive heart attack and so I went to you know therapist after therapist going through that but that's definitely another one that I know actually Shelly's mom helps lead um, at our church as well so that's just a little bit about me and my role. So. I'm Shelly Martin, and I'm at the Crosshands in Wentzville. Um, a lot of people don't know that I've been there since uh, day one when they started the church plant. We just found out. We found out. Um, my mother invited me. It was her birthday, and uh, so she wanted my sister and I to go for her birthday present. So we went and uh, just touched my life. Uh, Robert spoke to me, talked about a sexual abuse. I had been sexually abused as well, and um, I'd never heard people just don't talk about it, especially preachers. So that just, uh, just him being vulnerable, you know, and talking about, you know, we're screwed up. And I think our motto is where the problems of life meet the power of God. And that just to me is like, you know, here I could be real and, and I didn't have to hide and, and, um, um, just, I could just be, you know, find, find help. And people are just so genuine, um, and just, you know, pour out that, pour out their hearts and, you know, because they want other people to find the same healing that they've, they've been given. Um, so, but I now lead, um, one of our newest ministries is Comforting Rachel, and it's for uh, people that have had uh, abortions. And I, of course, have had, you'll hear about my story, The Women Will Tomorrow, um, but I'll go into deeper, more detail if anybody wants to share my, or hear my whole story, so I'll be happy to do that. But for me, uh, just I too, like these guys, have been through several of our ministries. I started in Wounded Heart, and I took that four times, and um, then I took the bullying point, you know, because a lot of the anger, the, which stemmed from my shame and um, everything, so I took the bullying point. And um, I haven't taken healing as a choice. That's probably the one that I still need to do, um, but it was always conflicting with the nights that I had other classes and stuff. Um, there's another one that I took too. I'm drawing a blank, but um, it's a, just a really good resource for for people, especially um, the the younger you get in. You know, you can get the younger pe- people, the younger generation, and you know, then they're not going years. Uh, you know, I, I I'm 45, and um, I was probably in my early 30s when I first took Wounded Heart, and my abuse started when I was nine. So I was carrying that weight for a really long time. So. Um, you know, the, the earlier you can lead um, people in when you, you talk about it in the campus, they may not be ready for it, but just, you know, you're preparing their heart and you're, you're giving them, you know, you're giving them your love and, and support so that when they, when they are ready, um, you know, they'll have a place to turn, so. Let me talk a little bit about, about how I started with this. And I was born, I was born in Brazil, I'm a missionary's kid, and 
even though I was a Christian since I was 16, at 29 I came very close to, to committing suicide because I was just in a very, a very dark moment in my life. I felt like a, a hypocrite and I just didn't want to go on with things thinking that I would go on without God. And at that point, instead of doing that, I decided that I was going to give my life to Christ. And one of the problems was that being there, I wasn't able to, to deal with some of the things I know I needed to deal with because I had problems with sexual addiction, even with uh, gaming, with anything. I was, had a very addictive personality. Uh, as people say, it seems like if I could get into anything that would keep me away from, from thinking about my problems, I would do. So I decided that I needed to do something about it and being there wasn't helping. And I found out my dad was friends with Robert Cox and, and Carrie, and he knew about the, the recovery ministries they did, and he talked to me about that, and I decided to, to move to the States for about two years, and that was <laughs> nine years ago, um, to, move to move here and be part of, of the Crossings Church and go through these classes to try and deal with some things. I remember the first day I got here because I learned to be a very good liar, um, having sexual addiction and other things, and because when you're a missionary, the preacher's kid, you can't talk about this right, openly, and I had to hide these things. Um, so when I got here, I sat down with Carrie and Robert, and they never had met me, and I said, here's all my problems. This is what I did. You know, I had slept with my girlfriend for during a year and was hiding that and had all the porn things that I was you know, hiding also. Uh, and I told him, I said, I need to deal with this because, and I need to tell you now because I don't want to give myself the chance of hiding this. And they said, well, you came to the right place. <laughs> and it was true because I got into some of the classes. The first class I did was the game plan. And game plan is about, it's a 30 days kind of lightning thing to, <laughs> to deal with your sexual addiction, to, to, to get away from it long enough so you can start dealing with your things. Uh, and I went through that, and I was involved with Celebrate Recovery also. I'd go to Celebrate Recovery to, you know, because I needed a sponsorship kind of thing going on because I just, you know, I couldn't stay away from the things that, you know, that I was addicted to. Uh, and I did that for, for a while. And then I got into Healing is a Choice. And Healing is a Choice was more about dealing with deep, more in depth with the things that, that happened in my past because all the things that I was doing, the addictions and things, was to not think about what happened in my past, you know, and the things that I didn't want to deal with. So I took healing as a choice and had to tell my story and go deeper into, into things. And eventually they asked me to lead the class. And I, I remember from the beginning, I was like, are you sure? And it's like, <laughs> uh, Janice, who was our Manasseh leader over in, in Wentzville, was the person. Her, she and her, and her husband asked me to do this. And I, I wasn't sure if I could do it but just because of the things that I was dealing with. But they trained me, and, and I went through that. And it's, I think I've taught, I was just thinking of how long I've been there, but it's like eight or nine, maybe even more uh, of those. And every time I teach them, <laughs> every time I teach them, I go through it again. You know, I have to deal with the same things and remember and talk about what I've been through, but go in deeper into the things that... You know, and the, and the things that I've found out about myself. And the cool thing is that at first, when I when I came to the crossings, is is I had no hope. Okay, I had no hope of dealing with these things, and that was one of the problems. You know, one of the reasons I couldn't, I didn't want to continue with my life was because I didn't think I could. There was any way out of it. And when I went to the crossings and I went to celebrate recovery, I heard from people who had been away from their 
addiction to alcohol or drugs for over seven years. And, I, and that gave me hope of realizing that these people are real and they're going through this and, they, and they're honest about where they've been and I can do this if I'm around people that, you know, that are honest about the things that they're doing. People that have been through similar things that I have been. And it's, it's just crazy how, the, how my life changed from there on, you know, and realizing that God, God does have, have people that can, can help with these things. And these ministries, I believe, really help with that. One of the things, too, that if you guys are looking to, like, start, like, a ministry, like, in your church or you're here because you want to be somebody that, like, helps people and be a leader of one of these classes or, like, you know, take it or whatever, one of the big things that we stress in, I've said in many Manasseh ministry meetings with Janice is the level of character and I'm speaking out of weakness or whatever, anybody that's ever been to a class of mine or, like, knows my whole story, like, knows that, like, it ha- I haven't been a per- person of character, <laughs> to say the least, like, most of, most of my life. But there is a certain level that you have to hold yourself to, um, I think even more so than just a leadership role because the stuff that we're dealing with is so sensitive and the stuff that, you know, people trust you more so than they trust the people in their cells, sometimes their husband and their wife. Like, it needs to be a safe place. And the only way that like we can maintain that in our ministries is if we are people of integrity and people that not are perfect, because that is definitely not the case up here. That's not the case in with Janice or any of our leaders. But it's striving towards that place to know that like you're working through the same stuff that they're working through. You're just a couple steps past where they are so you can turn back and be like I know what this is I've been through this and to give them the hope because if you put two things if you paint a picture that you're perfect we know nobody's going to relate to that and they're not going to understand and then also at the same time you need to be a couple steps ahead to give them hope and also to know that like I said it's a it's a safe environment for them to be to be open and even for us to know as the other leadership that you're taking your class seriously and we're leaving our people and other people other cell leaders know that they're leaving their people in good safe hands does that make sense so i know that was something that we had talked about before when we had our lead our manasseh leadership meeting on our side because there's a couple people that are really looking to like lead um some of the new classes because we started out kind of small over on the inner belt just with healing is a choice and wounded heart um just because those seem to be the most prevalent need that we have but then you know people are angry too so we decided to start (laughs) boiling points so to start to start that up but that's one of the conversations as long as you're honest about the stuff that you have going on and you really are working towards being the most godly person possible i mean that's all you can ask nobody's gonna ever obviously work be perfect in any of those things so well we've thrown a lot of um class names and stuff at you guys i didn't know if there's any specific questions that you guys had about any of the classes any of the startups um personal questions that you want to ask or yeah you just mentioned boiling point is that the anger management class Mm -hmm. yeah yeah sorry yes are all the classes always separated by gender do you give them together and then break off at any point uh with for example the healing the healing is a choice is one that's it's probably one of the initial classes that people are going to take because that's where they're going to start telling their story and finding out what, you know, what are the things that they actually need to, and then that will funnel out into other classes. I took Boiling Point 
after that because I realized I had you know a little bit of anger, but uh, it was a little passive, but it was still aggressive. There you go. Good intro. There you go. <laughs> so if you need it tomorrow, we're teaching class. You know that. But we do what we do is we keep we have a 45-minute session together where we're talking about the subject of the chapter that we're reading for that week, and then we separate for the next 45 minutes into gender-based groups. Uh, as for as many as we as we need, usually five people in a group, like maybe maybe a little more. It can't be too many because you know you don't have enough time. It's 45 minutes to talk about your life, so sometimes that's not enough enough time if you have a, a, a group that's too big. Yeah, and like our wounded heart classes, obviously they're gonna be they're gonna be separate because you're gonna be dealing with different things and like the I guess the sexual part of it and the level of privacy. Um, or what about the other ones? Game plan is separate, dealing with sexual addiction. I think obvious for the obvious reasons. I think for now, and I know there has been talking people interested in a lot for a game plan for women. There's only a game plan for men, but they're they're talking about having one for for women also. That, that would be separate. That would be separate. Also. Boiling point, though, I think they, they they do it like your class, where they're all together and then they break down in smaller groups among the gender. Mm-hmm. I know for ours, um, currently right now, we're just uh, focusing on women, but we have a male that's uh, um, ready to step up and start um, getting some training and stuff so that he can lead a, a men's group for us, um, because that's a definite definite need and, you know, not... Ours is rarely talked about, but men even more. They're kind of like the forgotten... Um, you know, they're forgotten about in the whole abortion mix um, because there's just as many men that wanted to keep the baby or uh, didn't even know the, the woman was pregnant. But there's still a loss there that needs to be grieved and um, and stuff. So hopefully, sometime in the future, we'll we'll be having a men's group as well. And there are some, there are other groups like divorce care. I believe the divorce care is is together mostly. And grief share too. And grief share also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Jason. Do y'all find your material? I know, I, I, I've done Healing is a Choice. Mm-hmm. I know that's a book. I know Wooden Heart is a book. Mm-hmm. Um, game Plan is, is yeah, a book. Game Plan is a book. It's a book by Joe Dallas. Okay. And Joe Dallas is very <laughs> very upfront about it. It's a very good book, too. Like yeah, other, other parts, are they like, do you just like kind of just like make it up, not make it up as you go, but just kind of like troubleshoot it and kind of see what works or? Yeah with, yeah, with Boiling Point, for example, they started with a book called Boiling Point. Okay. But then they found out that the book was more for women who had husbands who were angry. So it didn't work for the women. So they realized that they need another book. It's still called Boiling Point because it's understandable what the class is about, right? Uh, but it's the anger, the anger workbook that they use for that. So and I believe for Divorce Care, Divorce Care is a big, yeah. is an organization that does it, and they use their material for that. And if you want, like anybody that wants on Facebook, Jessica Marjorie Williams, if you want to like shoot me um, a message on there and you want actual material and like, you know, copyright dates and stuff like that, like I can get, I'll collect all of that and get that for you. So you guys can have like exactly what we use. And a lot of them are books, but they also come with workbooks. Um, And, you know, I mean, some of them are in actually in the book and you only have to buy one. Some are separate. Like my Wounded Heart workbook, like I hide it somewhere deep in my closet so no one will find it kind of thing. But it's nice that it's separate. But. There's a divorce care for kids, too, mm-hmm. that we use. And that's been, mm-hmm. that's been a really good outreach mm-hmm. at the church where people like bring in, finding out that that's available to them. Mm-hmm. And 
And that's another thing that our our classes are open to the public. So we some there are some that even we advertise like divorce cares advertise in other places, and we've done that with some of the other classes. So it's not only for the people that are, are in the church, but one of the things that we're very serious about, and I don't know if Jess is going to talk about, is about the confidentiality that we talk about it in the beginning of the class. Very and one thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about the the signing the, the paper. Yeah. Like oh, do you great. Um, well, she's grabbing that. One of the things too, Ben kind of mentioned it, is having a cap on your class. Um, sometimes when it gets a little big, obviously either you're going to be there because this is like you don't want to cut somebody off if they're really having a sincere moment. But having caps, reasonable caps in your class, like I know Janice who leads Wounded Heart in in Winsville, she has a cap of seven women for her Wounded Heart class. I probably will only have four just because I'm relatively new at it and I want to make sure I'm able to give them everything um, everything that they need. So I think it's a leader-based decision, but be reasonable about it and make sure you're not spreading yourself too thin so you can really, because it's a big deal. I mean, these people are pouring their hearts out to you. You want to be able to give them and point them in the right direction. Not that it's all about what you can give them, but obviously give them the attentiveness to hear them and enough to where you can give them the right advice or point them in the right direction or the right scripture. So, um, and then you want to read this one? You want to do this one? Sure. Um, I did bring the material that we do use in accompanying Rachel. Um, and just to go back to your point, uh, we've tried, we, well, we went through several different studies ourselves and, um, just by going through it, we, you know, try to evaluate which one, you know, brought us the most healing where we think that, you know, it, um, the one that we've chosen, there's a lot of resources, so if you guys are interested, there's a lot of different topics here, like how to talk to the wounded heart, um, how to talk to teenagers, or how to talk to grandparents, and so there was just the most amount of support um, with this one, but then we have a personal connection with uh, the ministry leader. She's been one of the Cinda Massey. She's been around for years and started with Focus on the Family um, and stuff, but um, there's a couple different ones, and so we have kind of like we'll start with this one and then if someone needs to go deeper and, and truly is not grasping you know the concept of who God really is and how he can forgive you and stuff we have another one that we can go through um, it's kind of like a 201 type class so um, that's how we've structured our ministry but um, the form that Jess was mentioning is um, at the start of our classes you know we kind of the first night is we pass out our, our books and we go through um, housekeeping and so there's general guidelines that that we go through um, and one that we, we have separate forms. So I think some people combine these together, um, but the one that we do is that we make them sign a counseling statement that um, you know we are not licensed professional counselors. I know, Kayla, you guys are, but um, Janice is. Um, there's a few other people in our, in our um, Manassa leaders that are, but for the most part, it's just common people just like everybody else that is stepping up and leading but you know we want to make it sure make sure that people know that we're not licensed <coughs> therapists um, and that you know there may be times where we might have to consult um, our leader who is a licensed therapist and we give her name and um, you know but just to let you know that the confidentiality is still there but um, you know if we, we need to seek uh, you know other um, professional help we will and then if any time there's a, a threat where you're committing, you're threatening to commit suicide or anything, we won't hesitate to call 911. So we make that known and we make them sign the form 
so that they know. And uh, you know, if they're if they're not going to sign that, then you know, um, we're going to just ask them to, to you know, not 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 join yet. So. Yeah, and this is just a copy, and we can obviously make copies and make sure we hand them out if for anybody that's interested. But it's a copy of, like, the group guidelines. Um, basically, like Shelly was saying, like, housekeeper rules. Basically, so people respect each other, they respect themselves, and they respect the fact that it is a Christ-centered um, message. Um, we're, like she said, we're not licensed therapists. It even says on here, like, we're qualified by life experience, which I think is kind of cool that it even says that because it kind of talks about just what we've been through and, like, where we've where we've come from. Um, but this is always good to put it out. And I think one of the things too, I, I, like I said, I'm very new at this and Shelly was saying like we, it's okay to consult people outside of the class as long as people are well informed and it's done, you know, letting them know because I'm not a licensed therapist, probably not going to happen for a long time. Like I don't even have a bachelor's degree. So it will be a long time that I will have to be count or consulting someone, um, about that information. So this is just a good reminder. I don't know how much legality it really has, but it's one of those things that we can at least fall back on it to hold them accountable and to keep the structure of the class and keep them safe. That's ultimately the goal. That kind of leads to another question I have. Does everyone who teaches one of the classes have actual like life experience in the class that they're teaching? Or do you have some people that just have a passion for wanting to help people help themselves. Um, I mean, I'm just curious, like, because, like, we here in Tulsa would love to figure how to do this and love to figure out, um, and, but Chris and I don't have stories like this, like, at all. And, but, like, but we, we see people that hurt, and we hurt with them, but we don't hurt the same way. And, like, sometimes it makes me mad, because <laughs> I don't have a story. Oh, sorry. And then there's other times it's a beautiful thing because like people who have good stories or whatever, you know, stories like mine um, mean Jesus just as much. And I want to offer them that healing too. So, oh, sorry. Sorry I'm crying. Um, I'm really passionate about this, as you can see. Um, okay, sorry. Talk. I can't talk anymore. I just keep crying. Yeah. I think, okay. I think. <laughs> This is, we're used to crying, so yeah. <laughs> we are not deterred. <laughs> crying is okay. We have seen it worse. Um, I think a couple things to what you said, not to, I think it's great. You're right. You can reach a different person than I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I don't do well with good girls. I don't know what to do with them. I'm like, <laughs> yell at me, cuss at me, do something. Like, I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> Second thing, that's recorded. That's fantastic. <laughs> Second thing, you do have a story. Right. Regardless, and it may be different, but, like, healing is a choice. There's no reason that like you couldn't find something in your life to heal from and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be the same thing because healing of the choice is very I mean I went into it angry at my angry at my mom angry at my brother angry at you know what I mean just so many other different things but someone so sitting across from me is hurt because of something completely different but the principles of the healing of the choice class don't change those are the same, everyone can use them. And if you think to yourself, and I don't wanna, if you think to yourself you can't, you're, you're not 100% honest with yourself. There's no complete healing on this side of heaven. I mean, it's not gonna happen. So, but with the other classes, like Wounded Heart, like Comforting Rachel, I can't imagine 
in our church, and correct me if I'm wrong, nobody will teach the class unless it's out of experience, yeah. out of our own life experiences. Um, and I can't imagine that there would be a way or a time, but I also believe that God will provide that for you. Right. I look at the fact that, like, I had no idea that I would ever even have a desire to do any of this and when the church plant went out to Wentzville they didn't know that they were going to meet me and I was going to have a messed up past and uh you know the hurts that I did but if God wants it he'll provide someone and you may have to be patient with that person and let them do their own healing because it took me every bit of 10 years you know what I mean to get to a place to where I can talk about it on a regular basis um but I do think that it has to be that way. It does have to be from life experiences. Just because it gains respect from the people that are taking the class and there's a level of compassion. that Not that you don't have it, but... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, I know for ours, I have a good... Uh, one of the books here, it's um, Post Abortive Ministry Leaders Who Aren't Post Abortive. Um, and for our ministry, um, you know, one of the things that Sydney says is that, you know, you don't have to be... If you have a passion for, for helping people and and you know you can empathize with people you know god will use you you know and if you don't have all the answers it's okay because chances are you know someone who's post-abortive you may not realize it but you know they say 33 percent of all women you know have had one by the age of 45 and half of those are christians so um it's just not talked about um but you know for ours now like jess said i think it it really some people just can't even go there. If you haven't had one, don't even talk to me. You know, you can't even relate to me. So they won't even give you the opportunities. So I think you you have a harder battle. Um, but, you know, you can empathize with people and, and start with healing as a choice and maybe lead them to some of these other ones that you can find a connection with and then point them in the direction to somebody that can go deeper. So, but you definitely can be used by God. Hey, so I know you raised your hand a while ago. But yeah, how do you find a book um, that you 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 want to start a ministry, um, and you you how do you find a certain book on? Okay, I've been feeling this in my heart, and I I put it towards some people, and they think it's a good idea. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to do it like right now or next week or whatever, but I want to um, develop myself to to get to that level and not only that, to find the book. Um, I want to um, have a ministry that is towards people who are disabled and and because people that are disabled, let's just say me for instance, feel a lot of times that I, I felt depressed, that I felt useless and that um, I wasn't doing that much in the church and I felt like I wasn't doing, I wasn't putting forth a lot of stuff and I, I want to impact people, people, but I'm not that, with that mindset anymore um, but there are a lot of people who are disabled um, that can't work, that feel that way they feel useless and angry at God and um I want. I feel maybe God's calling me to start that ministry to, to bring them to that place where God's going to use you. You know, based on I'm mean not not based on your disability, but use that disability. You know, I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I I'm not there at the point where I I could get that all together. But how do I find a book based on? That? How do I find some kind of book like that? 
If that, did any of that make sense? Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I don't know of a book that does. I'm, I think it's just researching and maybe even talking, maybe even talking to Janice, because you're there in Rentsville and talking to her and seeing what, what she thinks about it. Because Janice is very insightful about things. She knows, like, and she's the one who leads these. There's, there are other ideas that have come up. For example, um, one of our guys wants to do, come up with a ministry for, for people who are in the military who have dealt with PTSD. You know, he has dealt with it himself, and he's been, he found some material and is reading these. He's, he knows he's not to the point where he can lead the class. <laughs> But he wants to be prepared once he once he can, and we know that there's a need for that. Like especially I, here in the United States, seeing so many people come back and not finding resources for that. But I don't know of any book that deals with specifically that, Jason. But just putting it out there, Jason, to people even like Robert or Wes and some of these uh, leaders that go to all these conferences and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, if they know, you know, they'll, they'll talk to people. And you know, you may not do. You may do a Google search, and it may not come up. But you know, just by word of mouth, um, you know, the Christian community is is <laughs> very well connected. But you know, um, so it may not happen. But in the meantime, you're still preparing your heart, getting right. ready for it. And sometimes there may not be a, a something already out there. So you know, it's maybe God will prepare your heart to to start writing or get get you connected with somebody who could help you develop your materials yeah. or I know. you can kind of take bits and pieces from because a lot of this is generic enough yeah. to where healing is a choice we would have a lot of that yeah for um, several different ministries yeah. yeah I know that was one of the big reasons why there's not a game plan for women I mean I know women who for real have been looking for years for material on a game plan for women and it just didn't either line up with our biblical principles or it just wasn't deep enough or whatever so and I think from the sounds of it there they finally have found you know finally have found some material that actually would be useful but I know it's it's taken them a long time um, but I also think that you know maybe whoever it was like it wasn't the time you know it wasn't ready just to, for us to go down that path but We have a like an intake form, and so if you're interested in, um, well, first of all, we have a ministry fair. Um, I think once a year at least. We used to have it twice a year, but we hold a ministry fair, and so everybody that's um, has a ministry will have a booth, and then uh, one Sunday during service, um, Robert will have a, just a quick little lesson, and then it'll give people a chance to go around and uh, visit all the different booths, and then you know sign up. Um, some of them though that are really intimate. Yeah, we don't even put a sign-up sheet out because people aren't going to sign up unless you're in, in private and stuff. So, um, but there's like little generic slips that they can go over there and, and you know, write just write their name and phone number and stuff. So, 
but then we follow up with a phone call and just you know just kind of talk to them sometimes go meet them for coffee but then we have a like a client intake form that just kind of shows it's got a list of questions and stuff and why do you want to take this ministry and you know what are your beliefs about Jesus and just try to see where they're at um, and then we you know we just kind of go through that to see whether or not you know because some things may come up like well I've been uh, sexually abused and so I'm like okay well have you taken wounded heart or have you taken healing as a choice um, they're like no and so I'm like okay well I really suggest if you want to be successful in this this ministry that you start there because you, if you start here, you know, you have to go deeper. You have to go back to the root to figure out what led you up to here. So, but, you know, so we start with that intake form and, and just try to gauge where they're at and then decide where, what avenue they should take next. So that, that, that works well for our ministry. That, that is inviting to people as far as the risk and the commitment level and but, I mean, so far it has been for us. So, you know, but there's some that aren't ready that have taken the form, and they just, they, they're not ready. So, but those I think that are really ready, um, they'll take the time and they'll fill, they'll fill it out. Um, you know, and then we let them know, too, this is confidential, this is not going anywhere. I'm not sharing this with my leaders. This is just strictly you and me so I can see where you're at and know how best to help you. I've noticed... Um, Robert talks about it from the pulpit a lot too, mm-hmm. and I think. Um, do you think it's since the ministries have been going for a while, there's kind of a culture maybe that there is where mm-hmm. people coming in, they hear about this stuff from others who have actually like been helped. Mm-hmm. Do you think that plays a big part oh, in yeah. like the recruitment too? Yeah. And so, was starting out like was it the hardest um, when when these ministries first started at the crossings? How did you? kind of build that culture uh, yeah. that we have now. Well, I think as people also go through through the classes, they realize the level of commitment of what they <laughs> what they see is going on in the class, you know, and it's not it's for example for healing is a choice, like you said, it's a difficult class. It's not it's not fun, no. right? People don't usually like me at the class because of the things I say. Yeah, and it's and it, it is a difficult class. Um, the way I was approached was I had a relationship with Janice already, and she knew that I was, <laughs> I was ready. I, you know, I was ready. I needed healing, and I was going to do whatever it took. I'd go to whatever class it, it took. So she realized that I really had a heart for it, even though I didn't plan <laughs> from the beginning to teach that class, right? But there are other people, for example, who have come who see the need and have come and talked to us about it. And uh, there was one for for boiling points, you know, and they know that there's nobody and what's there in the inner belt that that was really going to do the class. So they went and got training. That's what we told them: was like go and train, take the class a couple of times, you know, and let the leader know, okay, that you're interested in training. And that did. And they talked to his cell leader, which was me, <laughs> uh, the time to find out is this a person who you could see teaching this class, you know, and as far as character, as far as. You know, is he going to be serious about it? Is, does he have what it takes? Is he actually dealing, and that's one thing Justin and I were talking about with this person, is are you actually dealing with, with anger <laughs> in a better way than you used to be dealing with it? And, and from that, we realized that, okay, there's, you know, he can. And I still go to Janice for advice. I've, I've taught it, <laughs> like, 
nine or ten times, but I still go to Janice and talk to her. I go to Tom and ask him questions and advice about it. So it's important to have the people behind it that we can go and say, look, I've never run into this. <laughs> what is your suggestion? What, you know, what can we do in this in this situation? So it's important to have somebody that's that is knowledgeable uh, behind okay. it. So when you start with such a small number because of the dynamics, and then you have dropouts, what is that? You just keep on going with whatever you have. Is that how you, you never you don't have to, you know you're not gonna bring in somebody new at that point, of course. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the guidelines. Is nobody after a certain amount of time in the class, we don't bring anybody new in. Um, and Ben, I mean, can speak to the fact that they've started they've started classes with sometimes thirty eight people. Just one and, time. Yeah, and never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but thirty eight. And is then too it many. dropped, and then it dropped down to like fifteen. And I know I've been in wounded heart classes with GNS to where we'll start out with seven, and we may end with four. But we do because that's that person's. If they get in there and that material is too much for them at the time. We have to. I have to respect that. They're not ready. I can't push it on them because I push it on them. What's going to happen? Who knows? Like if we push something on them and they're not ready, it may take them to a place where, you know, they could harm themselves, others, whatever. But we do continue on. Say that again. I actually talk to them about that in the beginning of the class, and I tell them I said classes usually start with. <laughs> You know, more people, and there will be people that are leaving. And I tell them, look, if you just leave, that's it's not going to be the end of the world. I'm not going to be mad at you. Maybe you don't have time to do it. Maybe there's something else you don't want to deal with. I said, don't be afraid of coming back. We're not going to judge you. I know that it's. I know this is a difficult class, and sometimes you're just not in that place. And I tell them, I said, look, if it's a time issue, and you know you're not going to have time, or you think you might drop out half of it, I said, don't start it. And if you're not going to be serious about it, I tell them, I said, don't waste your time. Because the people that are serious about it might not be as open to talk about it if one person is just sitting there during our smaller group sessions and they don't say anything. And if somebody doesn't say anything, I don't approach them during the group. But it's like for the first time. But I'll go later and I'll say, look, this is a trust-based group. They need to trust you, too. If you're not going to say anything, if you're not going to be open while they're being open, how do they know what you're using this information for, or if you're using it against them? So it's so we let people know we're like even in healings of choice, and I imagine with other other classes, we're pretty straight about confidentiality, about how serious it is, about how important it is for the material to be to be filled out for them to to actually find the healing, but also so that the group isn't harmed. And part of our guidelines too, because you do go so deep and so intimate, is. Um, you know, when we make them sign the, these forms and stuff, we address it, but we say, you know, I mean, ours is usually a very, very small class, so, you know, if you have, sometimes it might be one person, it may be more, but, you know, we said, we tell them that, you know, because you are exposing some of your deepest hurts, we have the confidentiality agreement, but if for some reason you feel like you can't complete this class, you know, we ask you just to come and approach the group and just, you know, kind of like to give closure, um, kind of like just say a reason you don't have to go into a lot of detail or anything like that but you know you kind of owe it to the group just to tell them you know I, I just I'm, I'm not ready I'm not there whatever just so they can you know that kind of gives everybody closure and then you know allow that door to, to be open you know in the future but so we haven't had that happen yet but um, 
you know, we're still new, so I'm sure there's going to come a time when, when we do, but um, people seem very open to it because, you know, they are ready. And then another thing, too, we do encourage them is that, you know, even if you didn't finish the homework this week, show up. You know, it's just, just a matter of getting them there. And once they're usually there, then even if they haven't done the homework, you know, they will open up and they will share um, and stuff. So it's like, don't let that stop you. You know, um, obviously, if you keep doing that week after week, it's going to become a problem. But you're going to get out of this class what you put into it. So. Very true. I was going to add to getting people to come. I know for me, I would never probably would have signed up to like go talk to Ben about like healing as a choice. But a friend that was like close to me was like, hey, you should do this. And so like because I had that relationship with that person, it was easier to be like, oh, well, they really know me. They really know like, and I can trust them and they know like this would be good for me. So I'll go to that rather than like, oh, I'm going to go sign up with this stranger I've never met or never really talked to yeah. or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, well, I trust them. So, like, if it goes really bad, I'll go back to them and be like, hey, like, you sent me to this place and it wasn't good or whatever. <laughs> you do. That's funny because I always mention this one case <laughs> of a person that didn't want to go to the class, but TC told them that they really needed to go uh, to our healing is a choice. So he, he called it healing is TC's choice. <laughs> 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 and through the and it's and I'm not going to personal names because it's confidentiality. But through the whole thing, he felt that, like through a big portion, he felt like, oh, this is interesting material. It's good to know, good to understand other people. He got to one of the chapters and he realized he needed it because he stomped on the book and threw it at the wall. And like I saw his book, it was kind of destroyed when he read it because he was angry. And and that's the thing is, we tell him, I say, look, give it time. You know, maybe we didn't touch it. The thing that that hurt you or whatever it is that you need, but eventually it will, and most of us have hurts, right? Most of us have hurts, so it's, it's, we need healing. <laughs> and even if you don't think, you don't think you do, there is usually something that you will find. And I think, Wes, you asked, answer, or asked the question earlier, um, like, I remember the crossings, uh, the one of the ways they kicked off the Manasseh there at the, the new plant was um, Janice and Tom, uh, keep saying Tom, sorry, her husband. It was Janice and Robert that did just a general healing hurts and hangups uh, workshop, one of the solid food seminars. And so it was just, you know, um, people from that came, you know, a lot of people come just to support the, the church anyway. So, but it was just a generic enough to where, you know, you just come like, oh, okay, um, yeah, I don't really need healing or whatever. But, you know, that for me, that's where, like, the, the lid to the trash can was, was, you know, taken off and all this stuff. I didn't realize, I had no idea that my life was impacted from all, you know, all the, the past hurts and stuff from my life, how it had it impacted me and, you know, led me up to where I was. And so that was really good, and that's kind of how we kicked it off um, there. And it can be, you know, other little seminars just on, you know, forgiveness or um, you know just kind of really what we're doing here with the different slaying the different giants and stuff but that's a good way to to open it up and and kind of get it kicked off and then um, you know then I think we started small with wounded heart and um, I don't remember I'll have to ask Robert what the other but there was just a few and then it, it grew from there so I think too oh I think too what what like Wes saying about the culture like every time I'm in like um a cross chat or every time that I'm in some sort of forum like that I do talk about um, my abuse 
any time I can. I open my mouth, I talk about it. And I think that's part of just like what we were taught, like your story is no longer yours. Like it's part of like um, being dunked. And so I think that creates that culture to where it is something that like guests or other members will come up to you and be like, okay, well, how do you like, how do you talk about this? And it's, that's very, you know, typical, but to have them come up to you and ask those questions. And then you could say, well, I took this class. And that's like in the back of their mind, like, oh, that class, there it is. Like I should maybe, and it took, it takes years. Like I took one to heart the very first time and I kind of took it. I, you know what I mean? I don't really remember. I think I was a Christian for six months, which was craziness. I should have taken healing as a choice first for me. Well, it kind of it kind of deals with a lot of it deals with a lot of things, and it opens up to the stories. Some people, and I told them in the beginning, I said, "Look, some of you are going to talk about some things for the first time in your life, you know, and that is this is the forum where you can do that. This is where you can open about that, about that, and you'll find out that you need to do more. Some will come back and take healing as a choice again, sometimes for multiple times. <laughs> if it's going to because one thing I want to say is that, like I said in the beginning, we do want them, as they learn to, to open up about their things and deal with them and connect with people, that they do it outside. That they not, like Jess was saying, talk about your, your issues with other people so that they can have the hope of realizing, wait a minute, how can you talk about this here, right? I can't even talk about it to anybody, and it happened so long ago. Uh, but we tell them that they need to, to connect in their cell groups. You know, they need to be talking about these things because you're not going to be in healing as a choice all your life. I hope not. <laughs> you don't want to be there all your life. But you want to deal with, learn to deal with these things and these choices, which is healing as a choice, several choices, and use them in your everyday life. So it's, the cell groups are important, the small groups, because then they'll have a place that they can, that they can actually talk about the things that are important. Yeah, and Janice has said multiple times that healing a choice would be a good entry point. It used to not be that way, but learning from experience, it does have a lot of the basics of grieving, healing, connecting, talking about those things. I mean, those are some of the, the chapters throughout it. So that would be a good opening, I think, for a lot of people. We've just learned from experience. Sometimes some of the other classes are a little too deep, and it won't. It doesn't, it's not as effective. Mm -hmm. Jess? Uh, can you just describe the settings where the classes would occur and what's best for what topic matter? Just like I know some classes occur in homes, some occur in the building, just mm -hmm. for confidentiality. Got it. I believe we've done different things. Even with Healing is a Choice, we've had it at we've had it at places that weren't our building, in other people's buildings and and things, but also in homes. It depends on what like how big the group is and and the resources that we have. At our church plant, we don't have our building, right? So we rent on Sundays, so we use people's houses to do to do the classes, yeah. But for, to answer, like, the confidentiality part of it, like, um, I taught Wounded Heart at my, at my house um, this year, and so I had roommates, and I, the roommates did not come home in that time period, they were not in the house during that time period um, to keep the confidentiality part of it. I know like when we have it at the church building, um, it is something that there may be other things going on, but if it's going on, it's actually on a different floor. If we're doing a class in the building and like our kids ministry or you know want something else, it's, it's in the basement and we're upstairs. And people can choose to come in any way they want. Um, but I mean, I do, we do do kind of 
however, we've, yeah, we've done ours in um, a home, um, and that worked well. It was a very intimate setting, but now we do have uh, the church next door where the offices and stuff are, and it's kind of set up to where we can still have that intimate, but for ours, we just make sure that on a night that nothing else is going on. Um, and then it's kind of, it's known, you know, we put it out to the other uh, minis ministry leaders that, you know, for confidentiality reasons, you know, we're here, you know, the time, you know, don't be here. And if someone would try to come in, you know, we've even, you know, we've locked, we've gotten to where we locked the door because there was a couple times that people forgot, but, you know, just to protect that privacy. Um, but it does, in order to reach others outside of the church, it does help to have it um, more in a, whether it's a church building or a, some annex or, or something like that, because it's hard to get other strangers to come to your home. Sure. Then the other thing is that, you know, um, for me, I'm married and I have children, and uh, the other, my co-leader, that um, she's in the same boat that I am. And so then, like, we had it at her house to start, but her husband and her children had to be gone for that period of time. And so it's just, it works better. Um, if you can find a, a neutral place that's uh, intimate and, and private for for ours anyway. So. I think the phrase that um, speaks to me at uh, CR and healing is a choice. Who you see here and what you hear here stays here. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, and we repeat that all the time. And so that's that, yes, here, here. I don't know if you just said that, but. Um, and that that mantra right there is is what helps keep it. Um, what's the word? Um, secretive, not secretive, but like private is the word. And mm -hmm. So yeah, and that's in our guidelines. And it, right. we do take it very serious in the fact that we tell people, you know, if you if you do talk about somebody else in this class, you can talk about whatever you want about yourself in this class. But if you do mention somebody else that is in this class, or if you mention a fact about them. Um, it's kind of a one-time thing. You go and you tell that person that you did break confidentiality. You go and apologize to them. However, if it does become a habit and it, do, we, it does happen again, we're going to have to ask you to leave the class. I mean, it is very serious in, in that aspect of it. So, For Wounded Heart, um, if there's a lot of people taking it... <laughs> When you have Wounded Heart and you have a lot of people signed up for it, um, do would there be more than just just Janice leading the class, or especially like unless last time, our our trip. Um, Not ours. Um, would there be any other the better church yeah. <laughs> yeah there's kind of, there's for ours we we kind of have a threshold and so I think it's up to Janice to gauge and that's kind of one of the reasons why with ours we use that intake form to see like who's really serious and who's really ready you know you can say you want to take it all you want but you still may not be ready so and that's I think between the leaders I think it's just um, you know I, I don't know how I, I haven't had to to dwindle mine down yet, but um, I think they've opened up other classes. I know Ben, you have when you've had or you've had to pull in more people if you've had larger yep. groups and stuff. And um, and Janice got you know Summer would lead more of the campus uh, ministry uh, for Wounded Heart, and then Janice would lead one. So some a lot of times they had dual ones going on. So the ministry fair that we that happened a couple months ago that was that was an intake, right? Um, I'm just confused. I, did, I never heard about it. I heard I'm taking it 
Yeah, yeah. Not every ministry has it. I'm just that's one that we that's a form that we use for ours. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure how her process is. It's been so long since I've taken it. But I when you sign up, though, you know, I think that's when she'll contact you and and see um, if you're serious, if you're ready, you know, and tell you about getting your books and and all that. When, when will she? When is like? When do they start contacting? Um, it should be soon because we're we, we typically do ours twice a year and I think Carol you had asked that earlier um, you know if you do it like you take a two-week break and then start again and you know we just do it twice a year if you if you do it any more than that you're gonna really experience burnout and you know you need time to refresh and, and renew your mind and um, plus two a lot of people have other you know you have families you have uh, things like that where it does take a, a big chunk of your time so um, we're getting ready to gear up for the fall session um, so late August usually when school starts back um, that's about when so um, we're actually working on right now at the Crossings Winsville um, putting our times our start times and stuff together so you'll be hearing about it real soon and so then you're um, if you've if you've already signed up your leader should be contacting you and I know specifically for Wounded Heart, there was like some leadership issues, like thought we had people ready to lead the class and not necessarily um, there wasn't due to different circumstances. So I know Janice actually does have other people um, ready to lead, but it just depends because Janice has shot it. I couldn't tell you how many years straight and the woman deserves a little bit of a break. So she may not have two, but I know it was a, a lack of leadership that we were only ever having one. And typically if we have too many we do have to turn people away it's either boundaries for their you know for their own life or a matter of there's just not leadership that's there and ready to do it because it does have to be like we said can't just be anybody so with, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 typically with school semesters yeah yeah summer summer is not a good time because of people going on vacation so it'll be too but one question might be, like, how do you turn people down from a class like that? Well, with Healing is a Choice, since we had so many people at certain times, a lot of the time, many of the times, we well, we start with an orientation class to see, like, we talk about the class and the rules. We'll also see how many people are going to be there. If people have taken it multiple times and there are others that haven't, so we ask those people that they come back in the next semester. And it's, and it's not a problem. Like, if they've been two or three times in the class or... They can talk in their cells, and they can deal with things with their cell leader even directly if they want to. But that's how we usually do it, and healing is a choice. Do you guys have sign-up sheets today for or where can we sign up? I want to do the healing is a choice class. I would just give your information. You, Winsville? Yeah. Are you with Winsville? I mean, do you mind taking her information? Yeah. Give your information to Shelly, and then she can give it to the leaders over there and make sure that you're. You should probably just send them a text message. And don't they have a? I, th I think they put inserts also during the yeah. like before, like That's a month what we're working, before. Working on right now. Um, we're supposed to have our start times in um, within the next week, I think. So there should be a bulletin that's coming out, and it'll have the the leader's name and their number and everything too, to where you can contact them. But I'll be happy to take your information and pass along as well. And I also wanted to say, I know several kids in the college ministry, campus ministry, that would be interested in Boiling Point, but it conflicts with campus ministry. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you could, if there's any way to change that or make another start time or something. 
Yeah, people. we do run into that a lot. Um, typically, Wednesdays is a, is a good night that we have a lot of our um, our classes and stuff too. So, if there's a strong enough uh, interest and in stuff too, you know, I would just bring it to your your cell leader or to Carrie and tell him, and then he can get with the the leaders and then try to work something out. Okay. So. And I just, I had one thing too, we had talked about before, um, because um, I think you mentioned it, Ben, by taking the class, you know, um, you know, you'll have people from the outside that may come take it and then they'll leave and go back in, into the world and you know, hopefully they've received healing and stuff like that too, but for the people that are within the church and stuff too, um, you know, that's where they're, we tell them, to, you know, to be connected with their cell leader and, you know, so they can help reinforce what we're saying. So we're in partnership with that with that uh, cell leader as well, and one of the things that we have in our um, ministry too is a, a a support letter. So when we ask someone to when they sign up to take a class, we ask them to give this to their you know family and friends, their loved ones, their their cell leader, um, just people that they're close to. Not don't give it to everybody, but people that you think are truly going to be here to support you during this, because it is you do need other people besides just this class. Things are going to come up, and we're not going to be available, and you're going to need, you know, somebody on speed dial um, to help you. But these are just some, you know, guidelines that, you know, allow your loved one to share their feelings with you, help them to be truthful, don't let them revert back into denial where they thought the the abortion was for the better, allow them to experience their emotions, um, encourage them to accept responsibility for their actions, help them to give and receive forgiveness, let them see that healing is a process and may not happen immediately. And it goes on down from there. But it, it's really good uh, reminder, too, because some people, you know, they want to be there to help, but they don't know what to do. And um, I, I get that question a lot, too, that, uh, you know, and so this is a good handout. And it, it can be made to be generic, too, um, because it can apply to, you know, others in your life um, or other ministries and stuff, too, because we all need a support system around us, not just within, within each class, um, but within your, your network and your small your small group and stuff too. So, I think our time is, has gone. Does anybody have any last questions they'd like to? And just one thing with the classes is that, you know, the Healing is a Choice is 10 chapters. You have 13 out of 9, 10. 10 also. It's not during those where we tell people you're not going to heal completely during this time. <laughs> Okay, and that's something that's important to explain to people that it's a that it depends on them too to continue that it's a journey that, like I said, I've taught it several times, but every time I find out more things about myself and and I believe I believe God gives us things with time so that we can deal with them. So I, and I've experienced that in my life. So people need to understand it's not this class that you know that's that's the end all for you know of how you're going to be healed, but it's a continuous journey. And hopefully, and I know if if people are interested, if they're if they're really serious about it, God is going to direct them to to healing. And we've seen a lot of people go through it, and and there are good things. That's so many good things we've seen. I know that common um, beginning point is the fact that all of a sudden they've got terminology to. I mean, just the very fact in that initial weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. They come out with terms that they've never understood before that they can connect to the behavior, and it's like Tumblr start problem. Mm. Yeah. And with healing is a choice, it's choices.
<laughs> They're very specific choices. Like, it starts with the choice to connect. And it's not you can pick and choose. I always tell them, if you don't start with that one and do that one, you're never going to heal because people, God uses people to, to help you. Mm-hmm. And he's going to put people in your way <laughs> to help you to heal. So. Yeah, I know the terms for me, like what you were saying. It like all of a sudden, like self contempt, because if you take wounded heart or like others contempt, like I can like pinpoint, and it helps me um, regulate my behavior, so I know what I'm doing. And the fact that like, because when I first started taking wounded heart, I was like, I don't know why I'm in this class. It doesn't affect me. I still love my brother. I think he's the greatest. I'm, yeah, okay. Like, what do you want me to do in this class? But now to know how deeply it affects me and how much and how much like those those terms are able to help self-regulate or others to help hold me accountable. Just what are you doing? Are you feeling shame right now? Are you doing whatever? And it really does take you and letting people in on those terms that necessarily aren't in the class and be like, hey, when I'm doing this, maybe this is what I'm really doing. And it really does bring it to real life to what everybody's been speaking to and the fact that it, it we can't just live in a class. Well, and sometimes you find out that for the first time that it didn't just happen to you. Yeah, exactly. You lock it up into a vault and then you find out that it's happening in the same way to other people. Thanks for coming. Thanks for sharing.